for sticking around. Uh, this is the uh, Princess Bride recap episode. I thought the voice was over. <laughs> <laughs> the voice never ends. I am aware. Wait till you meet. If you thought you didn't like Uncle Grandpa, wait till you meet nephew grandson. Is this a family from Alabama? I feel like uh, did I make that joke like on session two? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. Um, yeah, so um, we're just here to really thank you for uh, sticking around uh, and let you know that um, we don't know what they are right now, but we will, by the time this comes out, have avenues for you to support us. It will very likely be uh, Patreon. Because what we're hoping to do here is share the fun that we have uh, through our crazy shenanigans with Dungeons & Dragons to make people's life better just through simple entertainment and laughs and jokes and stuff. Um, And you can help us get better uh, by supporting us, uh, whether that's with, like, feedback, telling us what you like, or with dinero. (laughs) That would also help. We could get better mics. We could have more content. We could have more guests. Um, we could have Robert De Niro. Ways. That would be awesome. <laughs> hey, that would be so great. <laughs> he um, would have no idea what's going on, though. Yeah, that would be so I strange. mean, if we're going to get a, um, a celebrity, it'll be Vin Diesel because he apparently plays <laughs> D&D, and that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty. Or pretty Henry Cavill. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That would be – oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, also um, down the pipe, if we can get like really rolling, uh, I have tons of ideas for like crowd audience fan interactions, uh, the most influential of which will be probably tiered into something like Patreon or something like that. So if you like and want to support us, um, be on the lookout for those sorts of things. Uh, yeah, just a real a real emphasis on like the more support we get the better we will be. So if you like this at all, please help us transition to being better. <laughs> to being good. <laughs> Just at all. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You're already good. I need a lot of improvement. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we really hope that you like all the guests and stuff that we picked out, for sure. It will be a good time. All the ways to contact us and follow us will be available at some point. We just don't know them yet. I'm assuming um, on a website of some kind. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have a website. Um, I don't know what the name of it will be. Something with no dice in it. No dice. So. Dot. Yep, yep. So uh, uh, without more of the ado, we're great at ado, like I've noticed. <laughs> we are only ado. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new name. On- no dice, comma, only ado. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be the after hours show. It's only two. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of which, uh, this is uh, let's do our uh, our recap. So, how did you enjoy the pilot season of Chaos and Dragons, The Bridegroom Prince? Uh, it was great. It was not at all a ripoff of um, Princess Bride, which is my favorite movie. Um, uh, but it was actually yeah. very, it was it was very enjoyable. <laughs> uh, did anything stand out? Let's break it like. Uh, beginning, mid, and end. Did anything stand out to you uh, in the in the beginning? Anything that was like, oh my god, blah 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 blah. This is not Florida. I don't know. <laughs> I liked Chekhov's gun. I thought that was really clever. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. So, like for me, I I worked. Um, I put a lot of literary jokes in the first session. 
um, I don't know how many folks caught. Uh, can you off the top of your head? What, 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 let me, let me, let's, uh, let's ask you pop quiz. What did we learn? Uh, what? And that was three months ago. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. yeah. Ago. Uh, maybe even four. Uh, uh, but from, from what do you still, let's see how your memory is. <laughs> Roll memory. Uh, uh what, two. <laughs> I mean, you already named, you already named one Chekhov's gun, which is for everyone who doesn't know, Chekhov's gun is a concept in stories that if there's a gun hanging on uh, over a fireplace in scene, in Act One, it has to be used in Act Three. And it's a metaphor, but because I'm me, I literally put it over a chimney fireplace thing. <laughs> and conversely, there is, of course, anti-Chekhov's gun, which I am also a huge fan of, which is a kind of red herring in which they focus yeah, I, really I, hard on that gun and then it's never used. <laughs> I enjoy those because Which, I like subverting the narrative. <laughs> yeah. And so speaking of that, you mentioned another one that I put. There was Red Herring Bay, which is where uh, where the docks were that you went underneath. And in Red Herring Bay, there is a red herring of in your chest in connection with Old Man MacGuffin. He had six toads, which uh, was ah, supposed to be a red herring that you didn't I care about at all. <laughs> You didn't you didn't fall for that one at all whenever you just you spent so much time laughing at the reveal of the six toed man whenever uh, Perry um, said it and you didn't even there was no recognition. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, the other ones were you started out in an inn called the Siding and Sea Dent. Um, ah, OK. I did not catch that one. Words of, the rest of the rest I caught incident. I just ignored. But that one I did not catch. OK, that's good. Yeah, uh, and then Deus Ex Machinas or whatever. However, the it's final version machina. of how, how uh, Deus Ex Machina is the correct way to pronounce it. Uh, however, Uncle Grandpa pronounced it in the final uh, episode. That's um, yeah, but know, another literary thing. pronounces it Deus Ex Machina, so I'm going with him. Yeah. <laughs> For fear that he will bring down his retribution upon us. <laughs> yeah. And then also like it's just set in the town of MacGuffin and a MacGuffin is just an unimportant item that sets off the story or maybe it's important, but just an item that sets off this story. So uh, that was what the entire town of MacGuffin was built around, just these different uh, literary reference jokes, which I hope you all enjoyed. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed that very much. Um, I loved the ad lib, the first episode, I loved the ad libs between the interaction between you and Chekhov. Yes, that was good. I thought that was, that was funny. I got to use your friends slash frenemies chart uh, and he liked you, which was perfect because he needed to like you. And then just like the whole thing with like the, that he has like a ballista up there, but he's not allowed to keep the ammo up there. Uh, we never really dove into like that we're in like the world of Gilder and like I made it completely ruled by guilds. Um, so he had a permit for the ballista, but he doesn't have like a permit to use the ammo without permission. I thought that was funny. What is this, Chicago? Let's avoid politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then at the beginning, I just, I enjoyed just like the little... The little world winning jokes and having just a bunch of D20 charts that I rolled uh, random stuff with. You and your sure. D20 I, I love, charts, those are your favorite I have, thing in the world to build. Oh, for sure. I have I have so many now. Um I, I liked I liked Charlie. I liked how long Charlie the Dragonair went unnamed. <laughs> <laughs> uh I like that you let him go off of a misunderstanding of where you were. I thought that was really funny. Um 
that yeah, tends to happen that you in like a lot of campaigns. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I assume we are in X situation and yeah. Y location, and we are really in A situation and B location, and it alters my decisions. <laughs> yeah, and that, but that's theater of the mind for you. So, oh, I guess before we move on to the middle of the campaign, uh, anything else that you think of anything else that you liked uh, from the beginning? Um, but I, while I say this, I, I mean, I loved every time that you were surprised by Uncle Grandpa's voice. Oh, that voice. I, I'm not going to lie. There was a day in, so we, we filmed this starting in, I want to say, November of 2020, RIP. Um, October, September, I think. Oh, it was earlier than that? Okay. It, yeah. was, it was sometime around Thanksgiving that something in my head just switched and we had like people over to it. There, there was, it was a whole, like our family thing. And <laughs> in my head, my inner thought narration was in the uncle grandpa voice and I had to go lie down. <laughs> I, I never, i never told you that. <laughs> that's so, that's hilarious. Oh my God. But like, I, it was a oh, bowl. I think I was holding a bowl and I was like, Oh no. And then I was like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I am not okay. I need to go lie down. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, like whenever I, I mentioned it in the podcast, that, like I prepped for it um, and I actually got the name Uncle Grandpa. Um, originally, he was going to be Grandpa um, Derek's last name uh, before Derek uh, decided that he just wanted to go by Derek uh, in the podcast. Like Cher. I'm so, like Cher or Oprah. That's just my name. Yeah. Yeah, but, the, but then like – so that was, that was the going idea and then um, – my now wife's uh, sister was, I was using the voice and practicing and stuff, just being ridiculous. We were playing volleyball or something. And um, you played volleyball with that voice. Yeah. Oh man. I did it for like a whole night. So like, obviously I struggle with keeping, (laughs) with keeping voices consistent, which I think is part of the fun that like, look, I'm not Matt Mercer. I'm not these, I'm not, I'm not a DM. Oh wait, you're not Matt Mercer. Hang on. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this like I'm not time. a D. <laughs> I'm not a, my my speciality is like doing dumb, clever, or clever dumb, and world building jokes, and making specifically Derek laugh, and setting Derek up for jokes. That's like, I think what I do best humor wise and D and D wise. Um, and so like, but I try for the voices, and part of our humor is this commitment to the bit. Like we commit to the bit, and get everything we can out of it. And I think it's funny and like relatable whenever I listen to myself, I'm like, Oh yeah, that happens to me. <laughs> but like, obviously it happens to me. I've listened to myself, but like the, like the thing that I'm sure like tons of DMS across the board experience where they try to, they com- try to commit to a voice. Uh, and then they get like maybe two sentences of it. Well, and then it just becomes something that they want. I think that's funny. Uh, and I can't remember what I was talking about before that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then my now sister-in-law, she, she was like 10 and she was like, she said, uncle grandpa. And I was like, that's the name. That's the name of this voice. <laughs> like that's, that's too perfect. Um, but I'd used it so much. Like I mentioned it previously that like whenever I switched, it was startling. Like when I started switch back to my normal voice, it was very st- startling for, didn't you uh, get stuck like a whole night? Wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it became like the default and <laughs> stuff. I'm sure your um, wife loved that. <laughs> yeah. And then like, but it's hard to get unstuck now. Like 
we I did like a baby voice for um, a game that we were playing. Uh, and then my wife started doing the baby voice back. I was like, oh, this is awesome. She's like interacting with me on my level. Uh, and, and then we like can't stop. And now we're that dumb couple that has a hard time not talking to each other in a baby voice. Uh, and I never, I never ever in a million years thought that I would be that couple. Uh, and so I would like talk like, Hey, can we, can we try to not do this enough that it's just the default? Like, I don't like this about myself. So to be clear, this, the fact that you do talk in a baby voice is a new fact for me and <laughs> I am staying away from your state. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> no, we, we've worked on it and we do a really good job of, of not doing it anymore. But it was like this like – But do you do a perfect job of it? Uh, nope. That, you I hesitated. Say, you hesitated. <laughs> <laughs> Fear All has right. gripped yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that uh, Uncle Grandpa's voice stayed consistent, and that was the only voice that I could do really well the whole time. <laughs> and just how much it bothered you. Uh, yeah. Anything in the mid campaign? Uh, the mid campaign. Uh, the mid campaign. So that would that would be like Charlie through um, the not fire swamp. <laughs> um, honestly, the whole the whole rapids, if you're counting that as the mid, that was that yeah, was very yeah. enjoyable. Um, that was uh, very stressful because I had no idea what on earth you had in store. Because, you know, normally you're like, okay, you're walking <laughs> through the woods. And you're like, all right, there's, there's a certain number of things that can happen to me. I mean, it's a long number of things. But, like, you can – they're similar enough that you can mentally prepare. But with these stupid islands, <laughs> I was like, I haven't the foggiest idea of what's going to happen next. And then <laughs> – yeah, and then I got blinded because apparently silk can stop. I'm still, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like one of the things that I do to get inspiration for stuff is that there's, um, there's a YouTuber called Mr. Rex or something like that, and he does like deep dives into like there is, there is like years and years and years of like D and D magazines that go like into depth about like, all right, this creature has dark vision. Why do they have dark vision? Or like. Elves uh, reincarnate. What is the exact actual system by which elves reincarnate? And like all this stuff that like – and so I listened to that for inspiration. And so I just like uh, – I listened to uh, I think one of the things he had about nymphs and it was super cool. And I was like, yeah, the last thing he's going to meet is going to be a nymph. Uh, and I think that was funny because your character is uh, – the irony of your character who I gave as a defining trait is like the most beautiful man in the entire kingdom. That fits me in real to life like, too, as well. <laughs> to to meet a uh, to meet a creature who's like literally an embodiment of natural beauty, and then to go blind uh, from from like I don't know if I made it clear, but like you kind of like go blind from jealousy was the thing that I was thinking. Like I like I like to think that like sure he went by from <laughs> D and D blind from D and D mechanics, but it was also like. <laughs> jealousy to the level of magically going blind his <laughs> eyes refuse to process it <laughs> yeah like the same way that like you with your characters reject reality he rejected the reality of someone being more attractive than him so much that he went blind instead of <laughs> instead of accepting it <laughs> that's yeah i got that that's uh that's that fits that fits real well <laughs> yeah i enjoyed how terrible Miracle Maxine was for you. 
Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I totally <laughs> I totally did not even think about that when you were talking about the midpoint. I had dumped that from my memory. Speaking of rewriting <laughs> reality. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed that a lot. Um, a thing that I started realizing right about there is that uh, I meant to warn people about the continuity. Anyway, uh, if you like us, the thing that you don't essentially like, conti- you're, if you value continuity <laughs> really highly, this season was not good for you because I didn't, I didn't get to listen to and recap previous uh, sessions until two or three sessions later, which is like two to five episodes later. So like, I'll be like, oh my God, he has a spoon. And then I mentioned it. And I didn't realize that in the next session, Caramel stole the spoon from you. (laughs) I knew. I knew she stole the spoon. (laughs) Yeah. But like, she also was totally going to give it back. I just forgot to say that. I just forgot about the spoon entirely. Oh, I was just, I was just butthurt about it. Entirely. (laughs) Didn't bring it up. So there's like, there's stuff like that. So you're like, uh, you know, like, why sudden if if you wonder why suddenly there's a chimney fireplace thing burger um in the restaurant it's because that was right after i got the edited episode that mentioned chimney fireplace thing and i was like oh my god i have to bring this back at some point and so like there's like there's definitely a pattern of like me hearing it in a previous episode and then putting it like going back to it uh, and then an episode in the middle making me going back to it not work continuity-wise. But then we literally reference uh, that one part of The Emperor's New Groove where they're like, by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. And that is definitely what I was going for with The Bridegroom <laughs> Prince. Like some things like, by all accounts, it just doesn't make sense. But it fits the beat and the the world logic of what we were developing, so... I thought that was fun. I also had a lot of fun uh, putting, you know, little jokes like that into it where it's like I just did the diner scene from The Emperor's New Groove. And you brought Willy Wonka in and you oh, – Yeah. <laughs> I loved when you tried to make me sing the Oompa Loompa song. And I, I did prepared. too. <laughs> you were you were not? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. No, no. I hadn't, oh, I hadn't thought about it. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think we've we've mentioned this in the past, but it, it – does deserve more of a passing comment um we can't see each other and and that's partially intentionally um i mean one part of it is we're uh what fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred we're very far away we're we're several we're we're several hundred miles away um from each other number one and uh number two uh we intentionally did not want to see each other while recording just audio uh in order to preserve what the audience hears because if we're doing hand motions and the audience can't see that that takes away some of the aspect of what's going on it's kind of like listening to the Sirius XM comedy channel which uh, my family likes to do in car rides and it ruins half the jokes because they'll just, they'll say something and then there'll be a pause and then laughter and you're like the joke wasn't funny it's he's he's doing a facial expression i guess and you have to google it and it just I'm not a yeah, fan of that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel I feel like that's a valuable thing that 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 we brought. And this is just from like uh, I I was able to bring this in from my um, and suggest this from my experience. I I have listened to I listened to about uh, eight hours of like podcast 
um, content uh, often a day uh, with my job. I can just, it just helps me get through the day. And uh, so one of the things that's like hard is when the podcasts get big enough and they become like vodcasts and, and like streaming and stuff, they don't always mention what they roll. They, they, they rely on expressions and stuff. And so we're like, all right, we have the opportunity to video chat, but we simply aren't because we want to be going off the exact same thing that the audience is going off of. And I think it worked out really well. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and that also helps with my internet <laughs> situations. So uh, right, worry right. About. <laughs> oh, another continuity thing is that like, I think I make up uh, the three dangers of the slime desert. I make it up like twice in different places in different episodes. You also constantly like, are switching voices of NPCs, which is which is fun for me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else for mid? Midway uh, mid, no. But I I do have some stuff for uh, the end season, the end of the season. All right, yeah, take us there. Take us there. Oh, I'm sure they are aware of this based on <clears throat> hearing the last season. But I am not super great at combat. Uh, my preferred <laughs> style is to talk my way out of situations because that is how I do things in real life. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Derek is a master of there's a there's a D and D like improv rule of do what you would do and don't do what you wouldn't do. And Derek is a, a master of that. And fighting is something that he would basically never do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part of my job involves talking a, a lot. So talking about things is something that I have gotten quite good at and carrying that over is very easy for me. So when we first started playing uh, years ago, I just, my characters would never get into combat. And when they did, never. they would get pummeled. So <laughs> absolutely Constantly pummeled. Constantly being saved by the one other person in the party. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> you used, you were a rogue for two years and you sneak attack once. <laughs> Accurate. And I did, I think I failed on it too. Like it didn't work. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it didn't do too much damage because you're still pretty low level and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, yeah, which, like that's, which that's, is one um, of the reasons we actually invented Scoundrel, which I'm assuming at this point, um, if the website is up and running, we have that put up on the website because yeah, that should be a resource. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, it's a fun class to play. to play. Uh, a, a roguey bard or a bardy rogue, depending on <laughs> which your what your <laughs> preference is. Um, but yeah, so learning how to, you know, learning how combat works is is very important. I have read the player handbook several times to try and get a better grasp on combat specifically um but i felt like there were some moments that i was able to actually hold my not hold my own because i was fighting some higher levels but able to survive <laughs> without being being rescued yeah, no. <laughs> as dramatically yeah, definitely doing well doing well on that front getting better and our, our home game i think is also helping you out um because we've We've expanded and we have other characters who who genuinely like uh, combat and are, and are pretty good at it. Yeah, but uh, going back to like the the talking way out of things, like no dice, uh, part of the inspiration from that is our style of both of us when Derek DMs and whenever I DM um, the PCs and stuff, we'd like to do things that don't require roles. Just like just talking your way out of a situation, making an argument so compelling or doing something so like simple and clever that the DM is like, you don't need to roll. That will succeed 100% of the time. That's like, I don't know about you, but for me as a PC, that's one of my favorite things. Like that's so satisfying. 
Um, yeah, whether it's and then, whether it's an argument that your character makes to another character, um, which happens less because usually there's a charisma check involved in that. Even though you know if an yeah. argument's really good, the DC is going to be lower for that. But um, if a situation is involved and the player can explain to the GM exactly what they want to do, and it just is so perfect, you're like, I'll fudge the rules for that. <laughs> that's yeah. that's just too great. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like our favorite, and so that's like yeah, it's one of the it's one of the reasons like it's a core it's a core part of our style, and one of the reasons why we we chose No Dice as a name and stuff. Also, I think as a DM, I'm getting better at theater of the mind uh, combat. I'm I'm learning some tips and stuff where like uh, theater of the mind is actually harder than like people think a lot of times. Like oh, you know, not getting all the stuff, not having a battle map, it'll be simpler and stuff, and like. Oh, it's much more difficult. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like, it's not simpler. It's, it's harder for sure. Because Um, you don't know. I mean, you do know because it's described, but when you describe an action and you adjust the scene from where it started as, which is very, usually very organized and there's, you know, one side versus the other. And then you decide to go guerrilla warfare and (laughs) do something on, uh, unnatural yeah. <laughs> then it can confuse the scene and you don't always 100 percent know where everyone is so you're like yeah i jump over the rock and stab this guy and ben's like you're on the other side of the map and you're like well yeah. <laughs> i throw a yeah. rock yeah <laughs> so like it's hard for the dm because they're the only one that really knows what's going on they're the only one who has a clear picture in their head and so that's hard because you don't want to be constantly explaining why other character why characters can't do stuff but you also want to stick to the situation that you that you laid out and as a pc because like anytime there's combat and stuff like oh my character's you know existence is on the line so you're not paying attention so much to the cool things and the environment and all the little stuff that the dm's laying out you're thinking how do i preserve my character's actual life (laughs) uh and so you miss like a lot of details like uh where tables are like you can even if you remember that there's a table it's harder so i'm i'm learning to be more fluid with uh theater of the mind especially for like a a, you know a a podcast that's meant to be shared with people uh i don't think it's as fun if you guys are just like you know if people are listening like oh explaining where tables are for the third time (laughs) that sort of thing yeah because you know the character's not always listening which is something i'm working on but the character's not always listening listening so when the dm describes or the gm or you know whichever situation you're playing describes a room and your character's like you know a scoundrel so they're thinking where's the money i can steal where are the people i can avoid (laughs) you then are like wait there's a table in the room and you're like yeah that was the whole point of the room is there's a giant table (laughs) that is the it's a poker room it is one table (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He gets like I spent the whole, you know, I spent a bunch of time describing like without. Sometimes I just a shortcut and I say yeah, it's a poker room. Everyone knows what a poker room is, like. <laughs> and then I'll like do like one description about like how like it's themed or whatever. But sometimes I do do like the like I describe everything and want you to come to the poker room conclusion. But that's riskier with just one person. <laughs> yeah, if it's a party, um, one person can be like, so it's a poker room, and everyone's like, oh, it's poker room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something that I've. Uh, really looking forward to um, having a party uh, and doing guest stuff with other folks. Um, I love this. I love getting into a rhythm with this. One of my favorite ways that Ben describes things is when he'll <laughs> he'll describe it to go back to the poker room thing. He'll this doesn't happen so much on the podcast. It's more of like our our, our home game. But 
he'll go. <laughs> it's a poker room. There's a table in the middle, and there are chairs for each of you, and the table is covered in felt, and there's drinks. And then after this whole description, someone will go, so it's a poker room. And he'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we start the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty classic. I think I – think, uh, it's, Pretty recently, it's usually there your brother or I that say, "So yeah. it's a poker room." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but like even just last week, I think that in our home game there was uh, someone, and like this is classic. I'm sure this happened. Like uh, there was a question that half of the party asked individually over the course of five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like something about a, the dragon or something like that. I can't remember, but there was something like everyone asked. Like anyway, it's fun. Let's uh, let's do the the end of it. Like the ending from meeting the crew uh, to surprise uh, this was sort of real. And I want to unpack your questions that you have for me about that. Cause um, the crew the ending, puns were hilarious. Yeah. Those, those kids, I still have them written down and oh, for sure. I say we put them on the website. Cause that was just so funny. And <laughs> I think if we have that, that means if someone is like, ah, I need a, I need a crew for a seafaring adventure, they'll be like, wait a second, that podcast that I listened to with those morons, they, they have a sort of, they have a list of a crew. This is fantastic. I enjoyed those very much. It's just another name scheme uh, joke, which are some of my favorite just world building jokes. Um, yeah, I can put those up for sure. Um, they are official Chaos Verse NPCs, which um, as we progress through the Chaos Verse, um, you'll see that that means that they're available for mini games. You could play, what was it? Uh, Peg Leg Charlie? I don't know. You could you could choose one of those and be like, I want to play that person for Themes from a Hat. And you'll be like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and then I'll make up stats for them. <laughs> yeah, so they exist for sure, for sure. Uh, anything else? I mean, my favorite part was that was like when we get to like Juliet and it's just Juliet because that's just a name. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Charlie and Romeo, which are not real names, question mark. <laughs> yeah, but Juliet was first. Oh, I guess. Uh, Charlie had extra stuff. It was like Peg Leg Charlie or One-Eyed Charlie or something like that. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed bringing Chekhov's gun back at the end of it. Oh, okay. Yes. So yes, yes. two of my... Two of two of the jokes that I really want to highlight from the whole campaign that I enjoyed the most is that uh, the only joke that our editor has said this killed me was the My Little Pony reference. Oh my gosh! And I, when you're like, friendship is magical for the power of like like a My Little Pony episode, and you're like, oh god, why did you have to ruin this for me? Our editor was like, that was funny. I laughed for minutes. <laughs> I have and PTSD the, from that kid in college. <laughs> uh and then uh uh, one of my one of my roommates was a brony um (laughs) in college where derek and i met um and uh but then uh, yeah that kid being my roommate not (laughs) levi our editor our beautiful (laughs) beautiful editor (laughs) yeah we're not insulting you levi please keep doing this (laughs) (laughs) uh and then um uh, my, but my favorite, I think I have to say my absolute favorite gag from the whole thing is in the last episode where you like do like the restraining order gag sort of where you're like, yeah, I want them to be whenever you, you said more than that. 50 yeah, they feet. can't be closer to you. And Caramel, who is a D&D character, does <laughs> Could not, not understand. understand how something can be 
not 5, 10, 15, <laughs> 20, 15 feet away. Like, yeah, she totally gets that you're like six feet tall or whatever because that's in D&D stats and stuff. But like, I thought that was our inner, like that was my favorite riff of the whole, of the whole campaign. So I'm six feet tall. Yes. And if I lay yes. down with my feet at your feet, how far away is my head? Five feet. Five feet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I love subverting it. I had like something that was going to be like important for like the entire chaos verse. And like the thing that I was about to do with like you waking up as Drek, that was going to be in the chest. Uh, and then you made the joke about the light bulb and I switched, I switched it to the light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> so it was – you're saying it was going to end earlier with me going inside the chest. But because of my Pulp Fiction reference, you decided to change it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't going to end earlier. You were going to find something else. So, like, um, I mean, I want to tell it out, but, like, since the conception of the Chaos Verse and Ink World, which is where most of our homebrew happens, and then other worlds and stuff that exist in this multiverse that I've made, um, there is a central theme of all of them that I've been hinting at uh, ever since we started. Uh, Dirk's really good at getting sidetracked, so... uh, (laughs) He kind of needs other PCs to keep him on track sometimes. So not much progress has been made, and I don't even know uh, how much of the themes he does know. But that's the fun of it, and so I'm not going to spoil it here. Uh, I will spoil it because um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, I've been hinting at it stuff, and like I think our logo. Oh, that I no, forget that. Ben, you, how well do I pick up on hints? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes really well uh, and sometimes not. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, how so well does so, the character so, that I've played the most oh, drag? Never, never. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not at uh, all. <laughs> but, uh, but like so at the end, do you have any questions for me about the ending and the twist? Like, oh, you were Drek all along. <laughs> I don't want to say I saw it coming, but it is something that was clearly hinted at. In retrospect, um, I don't know how much the audience knows because I don't know how much we touched on it in the episode. But um, Drek is a character that I've been playing for since we started playing together. Yep. Um, he He's a caricature of me in that he is all of the worst parts of me and a little bit of the good parts <laughs> of me put together. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah he, he will – I evidently be a reoccurring character that they'll get to see in some campaigns maybe because he is oh cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> i love him so much but he is crazy yeah i think i think he's your favorite character to play and he his companion that i made for him is my favorite character to to dm so uh you barely got to see it. i don't know what the final edit will look like i want to keep like some suspicion uh, su- suspicion, some mad sus. I want to keep some mad sus. I, I want to keep some, okay, now I can't remember the actual word I was looking for. Suspense? <laughs> suspense. <laughs> I do want to keep like some suspense so that like there are some things that like, you know, people are figuring out, but I think that I didn't make it as clear as I wanted to. So I want to take this moment to say that like the, you don't know what uh, Drek and the other character are doing in this small room that they wake up in. Um, but I wanted to be clear that 
the other character was supposed to make a uh, analogy or explain to Drek that in this uh, chaos versus nexus, um, you have the ability to experience other people's experiences in other parts of the multiverse. And the more often you do that, the more like control you might have or whatever. So like Drek remembers everything that Monty just went through. But Monty is not Drek. Um, if you've read the Time Quartet, um, there's a similar thing that happens there. Just to pull out another one of our classic obscure references. The C.S. <laughs> Lewis? Or is that something different? No, that's, uh, that's, the, no. Mars, that's the Mars thing I was thinking of. Yeah, it's the, the Time Quartet has um, just got a, a wrinkle in time. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. The time Quartet. There's like four four books. Three of them are about the characters in the wrinkle in time. And then uh, one of them is about like the twins <laughs> that never like the part of the, the family members that don't get anything about them. Uh, so that was kind of the author. Um, yeah, there's like so there's this way in the Nexus thing you're able to experience like the lives of people similar to you, which is why you're getting to to play them and stuff. But Monty is a different character, but he's very similar uh, to Drek. And so um, he certainly rejects reality yeah. less than Drek does. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So different things so that you're not stuck always being Drek, uh, but the same way that you're playing a character. Anyway, uh, so I don't know if that actually made anything more clear. Um, or if it made them go, is- wait, so there's a new character we've never heard of named Drek? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Played by Derek? Yeah. <laughs> I thought these guys were supposed to be clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's these characters with like, I like starting in the middle of the story. So like, you go through this whole thing with Monty and then we we did the slingshot thing where like, oh, you're Drek. And he's a character who's in the middle of stuff and you don't know what that is. And I don't want to explain too much, but I did want to explain like the relationship between Drek uh, and, and Monty. In the same way that um, you, uh, Caramel, um, in that world was the other character. And they were both together and they're both looking for something uh, that hasn't been defined yet, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, and so um, my idea for season two, um, so if you're listening to this, you get a little bit more extra information, congratulations, is that the thing that the other character alluded to is that sometimes you're just experiencing one person's experience and sometimes you are like a lot of people. So uh, Derek is going to be playing the NPCs in the Snarky West, um, but I'll, I'll give you a heads up, it, um, it's going to be Drek again. Uh, but you just like were all the different people. And so you'll have like a moment, of, you'll be able to have like your moment of like, oh, that was really trippy. I was just a lot of people, if that makes any sense. Yeah, think about what you would want to say on the whole experience. And I'll say what I wanted to say about the whole experience. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. I would love to do this um, as a job. If I have to do it as a hobby and never make, uh, you know, make like money off of it and stuff like that. I still want to do it. I had so much fun doing it and listening and all the guests that we have lined up. It's just going to be uh, tons of fun. And I, I want to do this regardless if we uh, can ever do it as like a, a job job. Um, but that's what I want to work towards. I want to work towards it being a job job if possible. And if you want to help that out, you can help us get better content and then more content the more this is something that that gives to the resources that I have and the less it is of me putting in a lot of resources, um, the more enjoyable I think it will be for me and for everybody else. Uh, also, I just had a great time um, playing with you, Derek. Uh, our home game used to be us for a while. 
a long time. Uh, and then we've added other people in and it's been awesome in a journey. Uh, but I forgot just how much I enjoyed just playing with you. Uh, so <laughs> thank you for that. It was uh, incredibly fun for me. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, Ditto. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I did. I had a lot of fun. Um, Weak sauce. <laughs> I'm really excited for uh, the next season. I feel like we finally got our rhythm on the podcast because we have our rhythm on our own, but having it recorded yeah. is a whole different ball game. So I feel like we finally got sure. into that groove. Um, so hopefully things are going to get better because, good golly, they better yeah. not get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think a lot of that groove was like was a lot of me, like um, uh, with, with my DMs. So like, I was genuinely so nervous the first few. You that were like, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't get nervous terribly often, but like, I was like adrenaline shaking and stuff like that. And like, so I messed up stuff that I normally wouldn't mess up. But I enjoyed how uh, we got to riff off of almost all of my mistakes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I feel like we definitely like found that like groove later on. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to prepare and this for it. And like whenever I listen back to the stuff that we do this way, this is what I like. I actually had not listened to any of them and that's intentional. Not because I don't think they're going to be funny, <laughs> but um, I don't want to relive the past. I think is the best way to put it. But I have not listened to them and I don't plan on listening to them. I plan on continuing to do this so you all should listen to them. But I, <laughs> I intentionally don't. So um that is a that is a on purpose decision, not a I'm lazy. Yeah, and like maybe maybe one day maybe we'll do like a we react to the first things that we did or something like that. But my understanding is that you're not listening to it for the purposes of building your role play or anything like that. <laughs> you won't you don't listen to it for that, or you don't listen to it for the same way that I listen to it to make sure that like as a DM, like my notes and stuff are cohesive and stuff like that. You take notes. Uh, afterwards, yeah. Like the chimney fireplace thing, Burger. Gonna put it on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> Magic is uh, stupid is also gonna be a t-shirt, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. And uh, so what did we learn? <laughs> so what we have, le- I think it's copyrighted. Never mind, take it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to this uh, recap. We've enjoyed it quite much, quite much. There's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. So be on the lookout for that. And there's more uh, chaotic and unnecessarily complicated Ben stuff that will be introduced uh, pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Yeah, like, subscribe, follow, all that fun stuff that people are supposed to say. Uh, See ya. (laughs) Bye-bye. Until next time, this has been Uncle Grandpa. Uncle Grandpa will return.